0: Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Catfish Corner. I'm Paul Scarbuna, the Predators beat writer for the Tennessean. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Gentry Estes, a columnist for the Tennessean. Uh, we're going to talk some Predators and uh, hopefully <laughs> here. Well, well, actually, we will hear from Ryan Ellis a little bit later um, about some accountability. Look, Gentry, it seems like we talk about the same thing every week. And, you know, as the season goes on, um, it means worse and worse things for the Predators. Uh, I was out of town this weekend and, and barely made it back to Nashville uh, somehow last night. Um, got That st- stuck two houses down from where I was going on a hill and I uh, had to push my car up the rest of the way. But anyway, um, enjoying the snow here. But look, the Predators, uh, you know, you were there, uh, you know, there's their last game against the Red Wings. Um, of course, Monday and Tuesday's games uh, against the Stars were postponed because of winter storms causing power outages in the heart of Texas of all places. So the strange season continues to get stranger in a lot of ways, but the predators could continue to stay the same in a lot of ways. Gentry, I mean, you you were there the other night, you know, I saw a pretty uninspired performance against the last place Red Wings. And I mean, look, I
1: I don't know what else to say besides time is up. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're right. We, we, have these conversations every week, and they really haven't gotten any different this whole season. Um, and, and even as you look at – I think what you're seeing now is it's the continuation of a trend that started last year where a good team went from good to, underachie- to inconsistent and underachieving. Now they're going from inconsistent to just bad. I mean, they're consistently bad right now. There isn't really – you can't really look at anything that's happened this year and say, Hey, that was good. That's reason for hope there. They don't have that right now.
0: No. And I think, you know, and I'm not, I'm not one for hot takes, but I, I think it's time, uh, you know, David Poyle said it, said it earlier this season, it's time to stop living off the past off of 2017, 2018, 2019. It's time to look to the future. Um, you know, and I, I think, it, it, all things considered this season. Yeah. It, you know, it's a weird season with the schedule and COVID and postponements and, and everything else, but I, I think it's time to pull the plug on whatever it is they were trying to do, uh, and it's time to start unloading some guys um, and 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 see if they can get some value, some draft picks. Start you know start start looking ahead, stop living in the past. You know, and, and I'm not calling for people's heads. I'm not uh, you know the, typically I don't do that, but you know it's time to reconsider. It's time to consider and reconsider some, some a lot of things. And I think you know everybody. It's easy to blame you know, the coach, uh, it's easy to blame management. Uh, but at the end of the day for me, it's, it's always about the players. I mean, I I credit the players a lot of times for the successes that they have with whatever teams they're on. And and I also think they deserve, you know, a a greater part of the blame and look, this is not new. You know, Ryan Johansson struggled under Peter Laviolette, Ryan Johansson struggling under John Hines, you know, Uh, you can go on down the line with this. Um, And that doesn't absolve, you know, David Poyle or John Hines from, from their responsibilities. But I do think there comes a point in time where, you know, we we keep hearing about, you know, just not having the effort or not having the the mental fortitude or not, you know, these guys are grown men who get paid a lot of money. And to me, you know, it's put up or shut up. And, and all we're doing now is, is just hearing the same thing on repeat. Uh, and speaking of repeat, we'll listen to, to Ryan Allison, what he had to say after the, the losing to the Red Wings. And, you know, there was a little bit of, uh, uh, accountability in there. Uh, but I mean, what other choice do these players have? Let's, let's take a listen to what Ryan had to say.
1: Yeah. Very frustrating. Um, it's, uh, there's no excuses. Like we're not making excuses. We're not feeling bad for ourselves. It's our play right now is unacceptable. The results are unacceptable. And, um, it needs to change. It's not, uh, it's not like we have a lot of time. Um, the good thing is every game is a division game and, um, it gives us an opportunity to catch up, but, um, we're digging ourselves a hole and it's, uh, it's only due to ourselves. Nobody's, uh, no one else's fault, but the guys in that locker room.
0: So nothing real surprising, you know, at this point, what else is he going to say? I mean, you know, yeah, it is the guys in that locker room. Um, the problems continue to be the same, and I, I don't know that it matters who the coach is or who the general manager is. Nobody's going to get more out of this team than than what they're giving, and,
1: and that's just not a new thing. I, I think a lot of what we've heard about this team the last two years has been a lot of, look, they can do it, they're just not doing it. And now I think you're starting to come around to the idea maybe they can't do it. And and, and this is a team that has... has They've been outscored 37 to 13 in the first two periods of games this year. That is inex. That is absolutely inexcusable. There is no, I, you can't, Gentry, you can't win that way. You can't no. win that
0: way in this league. I mean, you can't give up. I think with 10 other 15 games or whatever they've they've given up the first goal. You can't dig yourself a hole like that every game and expect to keep your head above water. And the Predators, as you as you've seen, as we've all seen lately, they're sinking quickly because they can't you know, you can't keep up with that pace. And and so, you know, look, there are a lot of problems on this team and, and they're not going to be – I don't see how they're going to be solved this season. Uh, you know, and that's why I, I'm very firm in the belief that it's time to start looking ahead and time to say goodbye to some guys who maybe play – you know, look, Matias Ockholm has a lot of value like we've talked about before. Trade him and get some high draft picks for him. Trade Mikhail Granlin while you can still get something for him. He's, You know, he's going to be a free agent again after this season. There's no reason for him to stay here. It, it, you know, it's not going to make a difference. The power play and the penalty kill and all this stuff is not going to be fixed overnight. And, and you know, it would be one thing if it was one problem, right, and you can just hone in on that. But there are so many problems with this team, the way it's constructed, which does go back to David Poyle, but it also goes back to the guys on the ice who aren't performing – you know, up to at least the lowest expectations. And, you know, that, that's that, that's been a consistent problem since since I've gotten here. And, you know, I, I just don't see any other way than blowing it up and starting over. And whether that's with David Poyle's GM or not, or with Giant Hines coach or not, you know, the fact of the matter is, you know, they need to stop worrying about trying to win, you know, about winning games and, and start being more concerned about developing players for the future
1: yeah i think you know you can look at this and you you kind of understand the reluctance to wanting to blow up the core of this team because so many of the same guys who are not performing now were on that team that was in the heyday of and i understand the year mm-hmm. you make the you, you make the stanley cup final that it was you're the eighth seed and it was kind of a run out of nowhere but they came back the next year and didn't they won the president's cup the next year, correct? They won the president's
0: trophy the next season. That's true. And, 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 but again, you know, the the regular season just doesn't matter in the NHL, which they proved the year before that, when they went to the Stanley cup final as an eight seed. So, you know, to me, it's, it's look, if you get in, anything can happen, but the predators didn't get in the playoffs last season. I mean, they were in the play-in, but they weren't in the playoffs. And this season, you know, even in the new format with, you know, the top four teams from each division making it, I don't see how the Predators are going to make it this this season. So, you know, two seasons in a row I should tell you something. I can't – look, John Hines said something last week that rings true. Like, you know, if he had the answer to the riddle, we wouldn't be asking these questions. Like, you know, wouldn't be having these issues. And so, you know, I I, I don't know what what the other options really are besides, you know, and look, their farm system isn't – that great. I mean, they have, you know, they drafted the goalie, you know, they have a couple of prospects down there, but you know, these guys, Ellie Tolvin he needs to, he needs to play every night, you know, UC Saros needs to, he needs for, for right now, if he's going to be the goalie of the, of the future, but until, until, you know, the, the, the phenom gets here, he needs to start playing more. And, you know, I mean, we're, we're the up and down and the indecision and, you know, the, the uncertainty and all that stuff, you know, I, I think it's more important right now. To start again, looking at tomorrow and not yesterday.
1: There does seem to be, like say, a reluctance to kind of uh, to give up on the core of this team. I, I get that, I, I do, but I mean, there has to be a
0: breaking point somewhere, and I, I, you know, where you draw that line obviously isn't up to me. But I think we're getting dangerously close to crossing over that line, and you know, I think that's a reality. Look, and I. I I can only go on my experience in the past. You know, I, I watched the Cubs read. I could watch the Cubs do it. I mean, the Cubs were awful for 108 years or whatever and tore it all down and knew they were going to be bad for a little while. And, and you know, then all of a sudden, you know, they executed that plan and, and, <laughs> and success followed. So, <clears throat> you know, I get the reluctance, but I just – I think, you know, the, the world moves so fast nowadays that the, there's not a lot of time to – to live in the past because, you know, otherwise the the present passes you by, And I think that's what's happened with the Predators.
1: I think think hockey kind of lends itself a little bit to, if there's any hope, let's see it through because of how the postseason can develop and how it did develop fairly recently for the Predators when they made their run. Um, But the thing is to me, as you look at this season and this team so far, Paul, that since the first two games of the season, they've only won four times. They've they've lost nine, and out of those all of those four victories were only by one goal, and three of them were in overtime. So they they the games they won they barely won. They haven't really put it on anybody. They haven't had the kind of performance that you're like, wow, okay, they're figuring it out. No, it really all all season it's been this way.
0: It's a streaky streaky sport, and the predators have been on the wrong side of those kinds of streaks where they just can't put anything together and make a run and. You know we said it before with with all division games, every game is a four point swing potentially i mean obviously there's overtime and you know not every game is a four point swing, but every game is at least probably a you know a three point swing and and you know that matters a lot and and if you if you keep falling behind I, you know, sooner or later, it becomes almost impossible to catch up, and it's kind of unfortunate for the Predators too, because you know Dallas was on a five-game losing streak, and you know when the Predators headed down there, which which could have been, you know, they they they, they were all close games, but you know the Predators here's a here's a good team in the, in Dallas that the Predators maybe could have gone down and stolen a game or two from, uh, but they need you know look if there's any hope. You know, and for for the Predators, I think they're going to have to go win a five out of six or a six out of seven and and, you know, make up those points quickly, because if they just keep, you know, even if they even if they play 500, I mean, that's not going to be good enough. They need they need a hot streak at a two week stretch where, you know, they, they they're unbeatable. And I just, you know, based on what we've seen this season and the end of last season, I don't know where that's going to come from.
1: No, there's been nothing this season that suggests that is out there for this team. Um, I, and I think that really is because last year it was matter of it was more a matter of it was inconsistency. You never knew on a given night what to expect, but but the upside was still pretty good with this group. Uh, what's happened this year? They're not even showing the upside. No, and I, I I don't know why that is. It's it's if you could put your finger on why a team shows all kinds of urgency in the third period, but not the first period. And it happens night after night after night. Is that coaching? Is that preparation? Is that leadership? I, I, You know, you try to ask these questions, and the thing is, they don't have good answers <laughs> for why this is happening, clearly, because if they did, they'd fix it.
0: Right, and, and that's <clears throat> that's the, 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 the thing. And, and, you know, the players can only control what they can control, and that's where David Poyle comes in and, you know, He's not been afraid to make moves in the past. He has been slow to kind of, you know, pull the plug, if you will, on, on a season. And I, I get it. You know, you you know, he wants to have faith. And plus, these are guys. You know, this is what he put together. So yeah, I, I again, I'm not absolving him of responsibility. I'm just not ready to completely. I'm not ready to completely. You know, there's some people calling for his job or or whatever. And I you know, I just. You know, I don't well, he, think that's. I don't think David Poyle right now is the problem. I think David Poyle could have become the problem if, if he's not willing to start tearing things up. You know,
1: well, well and, and I mean, what if he's not? What if? You know, this is this is the longer this goes where they struggle this year. This is starting to look like a rebuild that's going to take more than a year. To I mean, this is starting to look extensive rebuild the house kind of stuff. And, <clears throat> and I he's, mean, yeah, he's, do you, do he's do you, up there
0: in years and I don't know if he would be there to see it through. I, you know, that, that much, I don't know, uh, you know, in terms of how long he plans on saying how much patience ownership will have them. Obviously he's the only GM in team history, um, you know, being an expansive franchise that buys you, you know, that buys you some, some equity in the beginning, but look, I mean, this is 20 years, like, you know, and, and, and he's, you know one of the most successful gms in terms of wins in in the history of the nhl he's also never won a stanley cup in 38 or 39 or 40 years i don't know where his head is at he's not going to say i don't know where ownerships head, heads are in terms of you know w- will they fire him or will they not I, you know they I, I i don't i don't know um you know and and again i think it it's you're just moving the pieces around right i mean you think you have to You have to look at it, you know, from a perspective of are they will. Here's the biggest question: is are they willing to do it? Are they willing to say this isn't working? We're going to do something extreme, you know, and a lot of things extreme, but do it wisely. And and you know, it can be done. It takes time. No no rebuild. I I don't know of many rebuilds that took only a year. I mean, it's going to take a couple of
1: years. So. You know, you don't, you don't think there's there's a situation out there where the GM, even a guy, obviously a cornerstone of the franchise for so many years, is held accountable for a lot of contracts with highly, pri- a very high-priced talent that is not performing up to that level. Uh, for a guy who fired Peter Laviolette mid-season last year, and the replacement isn't working. I mean, do we
0: know? I mean, again, you know, I'm not in the business of making excuses for 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 those who make those decisions i will say this and i look at it from kind of through this lens of you know i don't know that john Hines has gotten a, a fair shake so far in terms of i would agree with that it ju- I makes mean, being with able that. to judge him and you know you can look at his past he' was with the devils who were bad you know weren't, weren't very good um that doesn't mean that he's not a good coach it doesn't mean he is a good coach we don't know i just it's so hard for me to kind of give him a grade because I just have he hasn't had a normal season, normal circumstances since he took the job. I mean, so I'm willing to give him a little bit more, a little bit more leeway in terms of of judging him. Now, David Poyle, again, I think what he does or is willing to do or doesn't do in the next month or two is going to go a long way toward what I think about that. And, you know, and really, let me let's face it, what, what we think doesn't really matter but it's fun to speculate and it's, and it also, you know, I try to be fair and, and I'm a fairly patient person. Um, I understand, you know, I mean, the fans are becoming impatient gentry there the other night in the booze again. Uh, and for good reason. I mean, John Hines said himself, we didn't give anything to cheer for. So I don't blame them. And, you know, I, I think that's going to become more and more frequent if the team doesn't get better. And
1: I just don't see how this team's going to get any better that quickly. You know, for that game though, bringing that up, and 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 you know, Heinz kind of made this point: is it's, it'd be one thing if a team is clearly giving its best effort, going all out, playing with all kinds of passion, and it still just didn't happen for you that night. Which it
0: you kind had, of felt. You kind of felt like last year. It felt like when they got behind, they just gave up. It felt like the beginning of this year. You know, it's still the, kind of the beginning of the year, but the beginning of this season, you felt more like, hey, when they get down, at least. They're still fighting. At least they're coming back. Maybe they're they're climbing the hill, right? They're not just getting halfway up the hill and falling down. Uh, And then now it seems like they're just going back and falling down again. And I I
1: don't.
0: That's what it seems like to me.
1: Well, and and as Hines said, it's not just talking asked about the. He was asked about the booze. It's not just because you're losing the game. He said it's how the game how you're playing. And you know, halfway through the second period, halfway through the game, the Preds had six shots on goal. Six against a team that had three wins, maybe the worst team in the NHL, one of the worst teams in the NHL, that – I don't – I can't understand how that happens, and I don't think the fans in Bridgestone can understand how that happens, and that's why they boot them. Yeah, and, and you know,
0: <laughs> it's deserved. So, you know, I mean, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, I mean, you know, that, that's – that's, you know, I'm going back to what we said you know, from, from the beginning. Sometimes you just are what you are. I mean, you can try to be as many different things as you want, and they can try to be supposed to be this team or supposed to be that team, but maybe they just are what they are, just a bad team. And that's not to say that, you know, some of these guys can't go elsewhere and be successful. That's not to say that maybe the system is at fault. I, you know, I, I don't i don't completely understand. If, look, I'm with I'm John Hines. If I had the answers, I wouldn't be sitting here on this podcast with you. I would be behind the bench making a lot more money than I'm making now. Because, but I I don't pretend to have answers that I don't have. I could just tell you what I could, you know, what I see and what I think, and you know, you could take it for what it's worth.
1: Yeah. You know, and and I think the longer this goes, I mean, what you talked about with time to blow it up, time to make big, big changes. The longer this goes, the more I think their hand is being forced with that. I, I think as the team is playing the way it is right now, that's not even really a conscious choice anymore. You're just so bad that you're not going to have any, ch- it, it, this is this is just going to happen naturally because you're so bad that you got to do something.
0: Right. And I think the smart thing to do when, the, when this goes on is, you know, for playing armchair GM for a second is you, you need to trade guys who have, and look, you need to try to unload bad contracts, IE Ryan Johansson, you know, maybe a Matt Duchesne, you need to also unload, Contracts or, or players that have value that can get you something in return. And those are guys like a Matthias Ekholm or a Granlin or, you know, a, a, a Arvidsson or a Forsberg or whoever it may be. I mean, the only one untouchable to me is Roman Yossi because he can't be traded. Um, but other than that, I, I, you know, I don't see anybody on this team who's untouchable, and there shouldn't be because they're not a very good team. So yeah. anyhow, Gentry, I hope that the, I'm loving this, this weather here and the snow, it's kind of feels like more like home.
1: I, I still want to hear about your drive in this yesterday. Oh, that I was, That was I, one of the craziest things. I, I my Southern fried roots, the, the fact that you trying to drive in a snowstorm for halfway across the country was just bizarre, but well, hey, you did, you did it. Good job.
0: I, I, well, I thought I had to get back here to work and it turned out that i didn't and then i got like i said i got two doors down from 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 my house and i could see the house and it's on a hill and my car didn't want to go up that hill so after 10 and a half hours of white knuckle driving at 30 miles an hour on i-65 i finally get here and you can see the light at the end of the tunnel and then i had to push my car up a hill (laughs) into the driveway and at the end of a 10 and a half hour white knuckle drive, uh, not fun. Um, had a, had, I went, stopped and I'm not a bourbon drinker, but I have a friend who is, and I stopped and got some of that on the way and, and some other supplies that I dipped into last night because I had, a I had a day yesterday. So, <laughs> um, but, you know, all's well, I'm, I'm looking out the window, watching cars trying to go up the Hill and then coming back down or sliding back down or, Luckily, nobody's been hurt yet that I know of, but it is amusing to uh, to to watch to watch this spectacle. And look, I, it was it it sleeted gentry the whole time from when I left all the way through Indiana, all the way through Kentucky into Tennessee, and I was fine. I'm mean, used to driving in this kind of weather, but then it got dark, and then I was in mountains, and then I couldn't see anything and I, I counted 75 or 80 cars that were in the, in the ditch or off the road. I counted, I don't, there were six or seven accidents on the, on the way. I mean, it was, it wasn't fun. Uh, I wouldn't recommend that. I wasn't trying to be a hero. I was just trying to get back here because you know, I have responsibilities down here too. So um, I left yesterday morning and drove into, you know, drove into worse conditions than I left and I left, eight or nine inches of snow, but this is a little different with the ice, but anyway, all's well that ends well. Um, I did stop and get Portillo's. So, uh, um, that's a win, that's a, that's a win. <laughs> made it all worth it. But, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I think, look, they have two games coming up against Columbus. Um, you know, if, if they continue to lose and we'll continue to probably, uh, explore other possibilities maybe more in depth about what what they could do or should do or what we think they should do uh but that'll do it for this edition of catfish corner we hope you'll subscribe to the Tennessean.com if you already haven't and if you haven't you should there's a huge special going on right now i think it's through thursday it's like one dollar 99 cents for six months uh you can check that out Tennessean.com. Um and remember to subscribe to this podcast on itunes google play or wherever you get your podcasts and uh, drop us a review and a rating while you're at it, good, bad, or indifferent. We'll appreciate it. For Gentry Estes, I'm Paul Scrivena. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.